By the time you hear this podcast, there will be no more upset stomachs and no more broken hearts. to by the time you hear this podcast i'm greg i'm ben and we are back with episode 41 if people know the joke we've made about this song (laughs) it's a great demo (laughs) (laughs) oh god that's the only way to explain the really bad lyrics. <laughs> That's very, they're very uncharacteristically unchar- Stevie. It yeah. was the 80s, yeah. which I feel like is not his best, period. Mm. He had a couple of moments, but not his best. This was not one of them. <laughs> Definitely not one of them. So that'll give you a clue as to our um, topic we'll be about tonight. <clears throat> Uh, for everyone who has listened to our podcast so far, thank you very much. Yeah. And excuse me for being under the weather. My throat is closing, and I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm here. I'm going to power through this. All right. <laughs> um, but thank you to everyone uh, who has listened to our podcast so far. We uh, definitely appreciate it. And if you want to tell somebody where they can find our podcast in a number of places, uh, you can find it, uh, well, first of all, on our website, by the time you hear this.com, where we post each episode and uh, also videos or links to articles mm-hmm. uh, to what we talked about on that particular episode. You can also um, uh, follow us or like our page on Facebook, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Now, the website and the Facebook page, they're both spelled with the word you. <laughs> All right. So if you want to follow us on social media, other social media, 
excuse me, uh, there is our Instagram page. By the time you hear this spelled with the letter U, because we're upstanding. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, we are. And we are. Um, <laughs> there was some FBI reference I wanted to make there. <laughs> it totally left. Well, I totally I was listening to NPR and I heard an interview with someone about what was going on. And they said they're upstanding. And I was like, yes, we are. um and that spelling for the instagram is also the same for our email address by the time you hear this at gmail.com in which you can send us your um show ideas your comments if you're an independent artist send your music we will not charge you to play it on our Mm -hmm. podcast at all not at all and um anything else you want to share with us so thank you um in advance yeah (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let's get into, uh, well, oh, I, I would be remiss if I did not mention where you can also <laughs> listen to our podcast. And I have the list in front of me, so I'm cheating. Um, <laughs> you can subscribe on Podomatic, iTunes, CastBox, Satchel Podcast Player, TuneIn Radio, and Google Play. Mm-hmm. Plenty of ways to find us. Yes. And I'm sure there are other podcast apps out there. Mm-hmm. I don't know if we have to submit our RSS feed. I know with like CastBox, I didn't yeah. have to do anything. Yeah, I, I think Castbox Cast Cast like, was there. Yeah, I think every podcast known to man is on Castbox. <laughs> yeah. So um, that would be the quickest way, you know. So mm-hmm. you know, you don't if you um, if you listen to podcasts as much as we do. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so let's get into our music news segment. Uh, first of all, there's been some movement on the Billboard charts very quickly. I might add. Yeah. <laughs> So the number one song on the Billboard charts is Despacito. I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing that right. Uh, you you are. It means um, slow, I think. I, f- I forget. I've listened to the song before. Yeah, slowly. Okay. Um, yeah, it means slowly, slowly. Um, I didn't think it was a hit, mainly because Kendra was listening to it, and I was like, ah, this is just another one of those. Uh, she loves to listen to like a lot of... Um, I can't think like Baracha, like Mexican hip hop and rap and R&B. I, was just, I thought it was just another song. The next thing I know, it's like, oh, it's number one. It's on the Fate of the Furious soundtrack, right? Is it? I don't know. I, I haven't. I, I haven't think that that's part of why it's become a hit. Okay. Is because it's on that soundtrack. Well, the original version, at least. And then yeah, this, is the, this is the remix with Justin Bieber that's become the hit. Yeah. But I think it's on the Fate of the Furious soundtrack. Okay. Um, Luis Fonsi featuring Daddy Yankee and Justin Bieber. Um, so DJ Khaled's reign at number one was very short lived. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Nick Fury. <laughs> <laughs> well, that that was his first single from from whatever album he's working yeah. on. So I mean, maybe another one. I get the <clears> feeling <throat> we're going to see a battle back and forth because, like, lately everything's been see like the one common or two thread, weeks. Though. See the common thread? What Migos? Bieber. Oh, Bieber. Oh no, yeah. Someone said that he um, dethroned himself. <laughs> Bieber. Yeah. He's a. Uh, He's on the hot streak right now, but he is not the number one artist, which is crazy. In the artist 100, yeah, is actually country artist Chris Stapleton, uh, who released his album. Um, let me make sure I get the title right, and I can't find it. So <laughs> I was gonna say, do you know what it charted at too? Because I'm curious if he's if they got him as number one. I think it's number two, um, the number two album. It's called From a Room, Volume One. And as far as where it charted, I think it's number two as far as albums go. 
Let's check on that. Yes, it's number two. Okay. Debuted at number two. But number one, debuting at number one, is Logic's Everybody. I didn't think Logic was that big. I like Logic, so I'm going to have to check this out. Yeah, um, what may have contributed to his success on the charts, um, there was a digital pop-up store um, in the two weeks leading up to his second album. Mm-hmm. He uh, he spent over $100,000 of his own money to rent a tour bus, a oh. driver, and a documentary team to chronicle a trek from Los Angeles to New York, stopping at fans' houses to play them the new album face-to-face. Hmm. And, well, that was just with the last album. <laughs> <laughs> and with doing that, that got the buzz going for this current album. Okay. I, didn't, I guess I, and, I haven't really know, heard these singles yet. With him playing the album, his previous album for fans, it uh, it created a buzz and he got a lot of positive feedback. And um, that kind of just inspired him for this next album, yes. uh, which was released on May 5th on Def Jam. And of course, it's his first number one album, uh, selling 247 units according to Nielsen music. Um, okay. So according to the label, he sold 115,000 copies through a dedicated online shop by bundling it with a one of a kind merchandise, like a print of the album. Um, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, a print of the album or a 44 page book and setting a record for first week direct to consumer sales for not just Def Jam, but for all of Universal Music Group. Okay, that's pretty cool. So uh, he took a different approach uh, to getting his music out there. Uh, As far as it being uh, digital, I mean, people download um, in legal or illegal means, but, you know, uh, just like we mentioned before, well, like you mentioned before, where with iTunes, it made it cool to download Mm -hmm. music. With that really cool ad campaign <laughs> with the white earbuds, made it cool. Yeah, so in this regard, um, you know, let's get the music right to the people. You mm-hmm. don't have to stand outside of a store. You know, you can, I can get it right to you. So, uh, and then, you know, some extras <laughs> included yeah, with that. that doesn't hurt at all. Yeah, so congratulations to Logic with his number one album, Everybody. And he's going on tour with Joey Badass okay. this summer. So uh, you can look forward to that in a town near you. All right. Um, so there was some, we mentioned L.A. Reid uh, suddenly leaving as the chairman CEO of Epic Records. Yeah. And now we find out why. So, Ben? L.A. Reid's exit from Epic tied to harassment allegations. Mm. That is crazy, especially right around the time Kesha and Dr. Luke, you know, are having their issues. Um, Just to kind of read here, excuse me, Billboard reported that an attorney representing one of Reed's uh, female assistants sent a letter to Sony Music's legal counsel regarding alleged sexual harassment that the assistant had faced on a daily basis for over a year. Um, In a trade publication report, the 60-year-old executive, didn't know he was 60, 
was accused of making remarks about the type of clothing he wanted her to wear and propositions that caused her embarrassment and distress. Uh, the letter, according to Billboard, threatened legal litigation if a settlement couldn't be reached. I'm not going to lie. Stuff like this scares me. This is why, <laughs> This is why. and I guess just kind of to give you insight on what I do, I, I work um, as management in a research center, research call center, and um, I never, ever, ever say anything to women about what they're wearing and what they should be wearing or should not be wearing for fear that this could happen. <laughs> Even if they're violating the dress code? I'll go to my director. She's a female. <laughs> and I'll say, hey, will you say something to this? And she says, I, I got it. Uh, or I'll just, find, you know, someone who's a female manager, <clears throat> and I'll say something to them. I said something once to one person only because it was so uncomfortable in the room that, like, I couldn't leave without saying something. Mm. But outside of that, like, nah. Because the next thing you know, like, Ben, did you tell them? Like, <sighs> so, yeah, this is crazy. Um I I mean, I don't even know what to say, I guess, you know, as time goes on, of course, we live in, you know, the 24-hour news cycle where, you know, in the past, they would have vetted this story before they send it out. But people want it now. You know, the the first, this news just broke on, what, Saturday? Yeah. And now, what, three days later, we already find out now that, well, hell, I found out last night <laughs> that it was a mid-sexual harassment um, allegations. And so, I mean, the story is going to continue to develop. Things are going to come out. We'll find out. I'm sure, like, you know, people will find out if she's telling the truth um, or if it's, or if this is just a money grab. And, of course, you never want to assume that it's a money grab because anytime someone is harassed, male or female, you want to take it seriously. When they're assaulted, you want to take it seriously. But, unfortunately, like, in this day and age, you do have to investigate it and make sure that it's just not. Yeah, because some people will be yeah. cynical right away. Okay, like, what's that? Like, even mm -hmm. with. If it's sexual harassment, yeah, but to take it a step further with sexual assault, mm -hmm. there's still like people who doubt, yeah, um, when it, especially when a celebrity's involved, yeah, only because it is typically, um, and ex especially if it's someone in power with a lot of money, right? Someone might see that as a, as a and, and this is not to belittle her, someone might see that as a meal ticket, like, hey, let me go ahead and do this real quick, get some money, and then be done with it, not to you know, you know, say that this didn't happen. I mean. For all we know, like, you know, L.A. Reid might have been a 60 year old, you know, sexual deviant who would tell his <laughs> um, his assistant, like, ah, oh, you should wear shorter skirts. Like, we don't know that. We don't know yeah. that. Well, did he did he be a little Riley it? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if you're Riley did. I don't know. So was he calling someone like it was some white woman? Was he calling her white chocolate? Oh, God. Oh, or God. vanilla bean or something vanilla like bean. that. <laughs> <laughs> Or a Hispanic woman, you know, caramel, something. I don't know. This don't is, you de leche or something like that? <laughs> so, well, I mean, it'll, I'm sure it'll continue to develop. I'm, I'm curious to see if this really did happen. Um, yeah, that's, that's, but that's crazy. Like, did you think it wasn't going to get out? <laughs> like, yeah. the, key, and the key thing, like, like we just said, like the key thing is like, it has to be investigated and, mm -hmm. and thorough and, you know, um, some people are skeptical when it comes mm -hmm. to a sexual harassment or sexual assault lawsuit. Yeah. Um, but to me, you know, I always follow the advice of, uh, mm -hmm. the anti-hero Alonzo Harris from training <laughs> day in which he said, it's not what you know, it's what you can prove. Yeah. So, um, I mean, there are a lot of stories, a lot of witnesses that's going to go a long way. Mm -hmm. So, uh, we'll just have to see how it unfolds. And for some reason, Joe Budden, who, I guess we should nickname him. He's the angry rapper now. Like he's just mad at everyone. Mad rapper, bad rapper. Yeah, the mad rapper from. Um, do, do you think they know who that is? The mad rapper. 
They might not know. Uh, well, people should, if you listen to like, was that was on Biggie's album, right? Well, I remember him from How to Rob. That's where I remember him from uh, the Fifty Cent track, How to Rob. Oh, was it from that? Like, he was on like there, the yeah. The Mad Rapper and the Mad yo, Producer. Yo, 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 yo. <laughs> that's the shit that made me mad. That's yes, the yes, me mad. yes. That's, that's the Mad Rapper. <laughs> Joe Budden has become the Mad Rapper who gets yeah. mad at rappers for being happy. Like, yeah, it, it has nothing to do with music anymore. It's just. But he said that uh, hip hop is a better place without L.A. Reid, and said that just basically that he wasn't very good <laughs> at his job. What, what what label was Joe Budden on? I, this was when he was. Um, I did a mental rundown. Um, I did a mental rundown at the year at Epic. I automatically went back to French Montana and how his album was supposed to come out last summer and it was shipped to Target, but it had to come back. That was a big deal. Then I looked to the future contacts with Rocco and how that was a big deal for Epic. When this is your year at Epic, this tells me that LA is still LA Reed. LA Reed shouldn't have a job in the music industry. LA Reed is an executive definition of a flop. <laughs> okay. Um, everywhere he has gone, he spent more than he has generated everywhere, and he has gone. He has gone. Arista is no more. Or Arista is no more. How, how do you call L.A. Reid a flop? LaFace did pretty good. Arista did pretty good. But, I don't know, maybe Joe Button, just the mad rapper, you know? Well, I think he's he's trying to come off here as the rapper advocate. Mm-hmm. Like, as far as making sure that artists... You know that they're being treated well by these record companies as far as their music getting released because you know they could be you could have an album due on a certain day yeah and then all of a sudden you know you you have it finished and you think it's going to be released at this part at this certain time but then it gets pushed back for whatever reason yeah unknown reason they won't even tell you they're like we're pushing it back why because, because yeah. <laughs> we just think it's best, mm-hmm. and you know you don't you don't get any um, any further information on that. So I understand where he may be coming from with that, mm-hmm. um, but to just cite that as far as French Montana, yeah, I mean that's why he's a flop. <laughs> as far just to cite that and to ignore everything else he's accomplished. I mean, there's some shady things along the way. Like, mm-hmm. what really? Well, That's the thing pebbles. with TLC wasn't yeah. his fault. That was more, more pebbles. Yeah, yeah. Um, exactly what you're thinking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, you don't want to di- dismiss everything he's accomplished. Mm-hmm. But as far as this goes with this particular situation, um, it just needs to be figured out. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to join the other people who will just you know jump on Joe Budden to, and calling him a one hit wonder, which he is, but <laughs> that's not, that's not the point. Um, he's, uh, I understand him being an advocate for his fellow artist, but I think he's ignoring a lot in this mm-hmm. story. All right. Um, so, uh, I don't know. I don't know if this person is a favorite songwriter of yours. Oh, she's up there. Okay. Yeah. All right, so Diane Warren receives the ASCAP Founders Award, and uh, it's kind of a, I guess you would say it's a Lifetime Achievement Award. Or mm-hmm. a, um, I really feel bad because she hasn't been all that active. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, honestly, it's more than likely just because times have kind of changed. And she was in there for a while. Like, I think she could make a comeback, honestly, because I think she could do good mid-tempo ballads, mid-tempo songs, which are pretty popular now. 
But well, not not as popular that, as they used to be. No, but, but I mean, I guess they might you might consider that they're making a comeback. Yeah, like the like One Republic. I think, in my opinion, like One Republic and Bruno Mars, um, you know, apologize and. Um, trying to think of the other song he did um around that time like those songs kind of made me think all right yeah you could you could bring she could make a comeback if she wanted to but i mean at that point maybe it's just you know wasn't her time well she she received this award anyway yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and it's it's handed out to pioneering songwriters for their exceptional contributions to music and and uh it will be she will receive it officially at the pop music awards on May 18th and she says it feels it's strange I feel like I haven't achieved enough to get this yet I feel like I'm just starting out in a lot of ways so she she definitely yeah. has a material I guess mm-hmm. <laughs> it just hasn't been able to put it out there um, her first hit is considered to be Laura Branigan's Solitaire from 1983 Yeah, uh, she has written 32 top 10 songs on the Billboard Hot 100 nine of them going number one written for several a well a wide range of artists Whitney yeah. Houston Elton John Willie Nelson Snoop Dogg Aerosmith um, Aerosmith yeah. Lady Gaga she has been nominated for eight Oscars it's a lot of Oscars but ain't won one actually ain't won, won one, one. She, she's the new Randy Newman <laughs> oh. <laughs> it took Randy Newman a long time but now he's got two so yeah um I don't think she's really gotten into. I was gonna say she should get into movies more. Yeah, well, into the into the animated movies. Yeah, because that seems that's the way. Yeah, the, the music in the animated movies—that's what gets the Academy's attention. Yeah, uh, her most recent nomination was for "Till It Happens to You" from the documentary "The Hunting Ground," which she wrote with Lady Gaga. Even though there's some controversy there, she feels like Lady Gaga didn't do all that much. Probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but now we have to call her Academy Award nominee, Lady Gaga. <laughs> Um, she says uh, her songs have served as passports gaining her injury to corridors she thought would have been closed to her I was a juvenile delinquent college dropout that would never get to go to the White House and then she's been she went to the White House several times under Mm. the Obama administration (laughs) I wonder if she'll go back (laughs) Um, she prefers looking forward than looking back she has new songs coming out with Willie Nelson Jason Derulo, Demi Lovato, but she uh, she told she has a couple of stories about some of the songs she's written, and as I said, I I enjoy the stories. Yeah. So let's look at Rhythm of the Night, which is one of my favorite ones <laughs> by her. Uh, she said it was the first massive worldwide hit that I ever had. It was the first of many hits I wrote on my own, and that was the one that put me on the map. That one will always remain special. I was such a fan of Motown, so it was cool that my first big hit was on Motown. I remember going to Russia years ago with a group of songwriters. I was talking to this Russian guy through an interpreter, and he asked me what songs I'd written. I brought this song up, and he didn't even speak English, and he went to Bards (laughs) and started singing it. You realize the power of music is unstoppable. That's pretty cool. Uh, She wrote Because You Love Me for Celine Dion. And writing the song, writing that song, I kind of surprised myself. I don't think I was as good as as that song when I wrote it. I went to another level with that song. That song became this huge wedding song. I always felt subversive about that. People are getting married to it all over the place. It's not because you love me. It's because you loved 
Yeah. Me. That was always kind of funny to me in a cool way. I will find that similar to um, people getting married to uh, Every Breath You Take by the police. Yeah. That's a stalker <laughs> song right there. Yeah, that is kind of creepy. That would be a funny countdown, like songs that you sh- that don't mean what you think it means, yeah. <laughs> including Every Breath You Take, because that is I was listening to that the other day. It's a creepy ass song. Yeah. Like that is so stalkerish, but hey, you know, go ahead, walk down the aisle to it. <laughs> um, she also wrote "How Do I Live," which was recorded by Leanne Rhymes and Trisha Yearwood at the same time. Uh, it's definitely my biggest hit, even though technically it wasn't a number one record. It sold fifteen to twenty million singles. Whoa. God, I didn't know it sold that much. Yeah, Con Air, man, it has some pull. <laughs> Isn't that a Michael Bay movie? I don't remember. I know Nick Cage was in it. Yeah. Steve Buscemi <laughs> and Dave Chappelle. John Malkovich. John, yeah, John Malkovich was in there. He's crazy. <laughs> uh, said, I acted really innocent, but I was kind of behind getting both versions out at the same time. <laughs> Leanne did a really did a great version of it for Con Air, but Jerry Bruckheimer wasn't happy with it and wanted some changes for the movie. I was trying to tell Leanne's dad, just change it for the movie and you'll still have your great record. And he said, I ain't changing nothing for those Hollywood people. Oh, my God. So Jerry asked me if Trisha could sing it in the movie. <laughs> I kind of just worked all the angles and they both put it out. I should have gotten an Oscar for that, just for that performance. <laughs> Damn. I love both versions. Trisha won a Grammy for it. Leanne had a monster hit all over the world. How old was Leanne Raps where her father was saying no? She must have she, been. A she was under twenty. Yeah, she had to be a kid. Yeah. Hmm. Um, I don't want to miss a thing with Aerosmith, another Oscar-nominated song. Mm-hmm. People love that song. Uh, I remember Steven Tyler did some interviews and said, "Well, it's the last time we're going to sell out and do a Diane Warren song." Yeah, well, that changed really quick. <laughs> they did more songs of mine, and it hasn't hurt their touring. <laughs> I think I said something to him like, dude, that's mean. You don't have to say mean shit. It's all good. We all did good with each other. I wasn't even in a fight with him. I just remember calling him and he said, I didn't really mean it. I've done other stuff with them throughout the years. He changed his tune. That was their yeah. first number one hit, too. Because they got that money. Mm-hmm. Um, she's also with Beyonce. And uh, well, let's see what she says about Till It Happens to You. If I had to choose in my career, what's the most important song? Probably it's till it happens to you because that song had such an impact. It happens at least once a week. Someone's going to call me or write me about what that song did for them. It helped give voice to people. It even gave voice to me. I was molested when I was a kid and I never talked about it. Lady Gaga did such an amazing performance and really made that song her own. Without her, it wouldn't have gotten heard. So I'm eternally thankful and I know it meant a lot to her as well. When I do a song for a movie, obviously the first thing it has to do is fit the movie. But the next thing I try to do is people can adapt it to be whatever they want it to be. Like if you're bullied in school, or if you lost someone, that goal in the goal in that song was that it could be universal. That song will be my first Emmy and it got me halfway to an EGOT. What's an EGOT? Uh, Emmy, Grammy, Oscar, Tony. Oh, okay. So she has an Emmy and a Grammy. But not a Tony. Not no not. Tonys yet. Okay. Tony is for plays, right? Yeah, Has plays, she, musicals. I didn't know she wrote for musicals. Okay, I'm. I don't know if she has. Maybe I'm gonna get in the musical. <laughs> Conair. Con that's more likely. That Con would be awesome. <laughs> I could totally see Conair <laughs> musical. So congratulations to Diane Warren. Mm-hmm. 
and uh, she will receive the ASCAP Founders Award later this week. If you're listening, I love you. (laughs) (laughs) All right. So new music on the way from several artists, uh, Calvin Harris, Latoya Luckett from Destiny's Child, Camila Cabello from Fifth Harmony. Um, Katy Perry's album is going to be called Witness. Uh, okay. Uh, it's, yeah. I don't know. This, that song's weird. I watched the video last night. They're rolling her up in like um, in flour and they fry her and serve her to people. But she ends up eating them. It, it was really strange. And then the Migos are in there making phone calls with money. It, it's just a weird video all around. Uh, Calvin Harris's album is going to be called Funk Wave Bounces Volume 1. Hmm. You may have heard the song that he has with uh, Future and Migos, right? Or is it just Future and Quavo? <laughs> or am I off? Uh, Migos. Yes. Migos, it I is was Migos? Looking, I saw Migos like, okay, is Quavo has his own track on there too? <laughs> <laughs> Not as of right now. <laughs> um, he has a song, well, Slide, a uh, single with Frank Ocean, and a song Heat Stroke with Ariana Grande. I heard the song Rollin', which he has with Khalid and Future. Okay. Um, he also going to have Travis Scott, Kalani, Pharrell, Big Sean, Katy Perry, John Legend, Schoolboy Q, Young Thug, Drum, Nicki Minaj, Lil Yachty, Party Next Door, and Snoop. This is really hip hop influence for Calvin Harris. Huh. Okay. So I uh, look forward to that. It's due out on June 30th. What made him change? Hmm. I think he saw David Geddes. Like, I, I don't want to be like that. <laughs> I wonder if Or he saw the chain smokers. Yeah. The Nickelback. I don't want to be the I don't want to be the nickelback of EDM yeah. like them. <laughs> or, you know, because Taylor Swift's such a huge hip hop fan, while they were dating, she really inspired him. Or Or not. <laughs> or he's like, I'm gonna get all her favorite artists just to spite her. Ooh. I like that better actually. <laughs> the only thing that would have made it better. As if the most important artist in black music, Ed Sheeran, made a guest. <laughs> That'd be the only thing that made it better. And then she'd ha- he'd have the full trifecta. Yeah. He's got, he's got a few more weeks. See if he can squeeze an Ed Sheeran song on there. We need to make that. If you're listening, <laughs> hashtag um, Calvin Harris versus Taylor. No, I don't know. I can't think of a good hashtag. Calvin to Ed. Yes. Get Ed Sheeran <laughs> on this new album. He's He's incredibly talented. I'm sure he's got bars. He can get in there quick. He's got some bars. I know he does. So um, look forward to that. And Latoya Luckett, like you said, from Destiny's Child, the, one of the original yeah, members. A- <laughs> it's actually her first album in seven years. So in 2010, she had an album, what? another album then. I so. didn't know that. Okay. And Camila Cabello from Fifth Harmony. Uh, could she repeat the recent success of Harry Styles and Zayn? Yeah, she really pounded this thing out quick. Yeah. Yeah. She left like what? She was, I mean, hell, she was still performing with them like New Year's Eve. I think she was still there. (laughs) Like like she's been planning this. They had the songs ready. She's been recording. Well, you've seen the new edition story where Ralph had his solo album ready. The one that we never saw. The one we, yeah, Living in a Dream. (laughs) (laughs) So they they get the time to record it. They could sneak off and do whatever. Yeah. All right, and um, so yeah, there's a lot of new music to look forward to. Um, there was another thing that we had. Oh yes, okay. 
So, American Idol. We had an episode about American Idol. Mm-hmm. And we hinted that it may be coming back, and it is. It's crazy. <laughs> it is coming back. Uh, it's going to be on ABC. Which makes no sense to me. Like, why would Fox... Well, maybe Fox knows something we don't know. Because ima- I can't imagine why they wouldn't want to pick up the biggest show they've ever had, ever. Well, the ratings kept dropping, though. That's what I'm saying. So, like, if it were to come back, I feel I feel like maybe they know something. And maybe, like, yeah, it's not going to work, you know? Or if um, maybe if a new network, new faces. I mean, they couldn't maybe. bring it back and then have new faces. I mean, it wouldn't. It, I don't think it would be the same. Yeah. Uh, but with ABC, it's like, well, let's get it and we'll, we'll have our own. We'll have our own identity with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess the thing that's interesting to me is if you're if you're bringing this back. And you already have the boy band show. Mm-hmm. I don't know why you would have one more than one talent show competition. Me either. At a time. Uh, I know. I know. Fox had the uh, X Factor with American Idol. Yeah. And NBC has the Sing Off and the Voice. Yeah. Well, they don't have the Sing Off anymore. They just have the Voice, but they had them on at the same time, right? Mm-hmm. For a little bit, yeah. So I don't, uh, I, I don't, I don't understand why. Yeah, I, mean, I don't, I don't, cheap I don't know where this, where this demand came from. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's cheap and easy programming. You know, all you gotta do is pay the judges. That's the most expensive part of the show. Everything else, the people are going to sing for free. <laughs> well, I guess you've got the Disney machine. Yeah. Um, maybe that can work and though, you know, Mickey Mouse can, uh, give them more money <laughs> we'll see that see that mouse give you more money now we'll we'll probably get them in a movie honestly like right off the bat we'll probably get a better version of from justin kelly that's what i imagine we're gonna get because they got they can just produce movies easily yeah and i think they're probably gonna push all the disney kids who didn't get a part on the show Ooh, to be on there that. i didn't even think about that and those they're probably more talented than what we saw in american idol mm-hmm. um so american idol's coming back the first confirmed judge, Katy Perry. I'm not, I don't like that. But, hey, what do I know, right? <laughs> I don't know if she's going to carry the show. Because I, the thing is, with the in, in comparison to American Idol, mm-hmm. Paula, Simon, Randy made that show at the beginning. Yeah. As, and along with, with Ryan Seacrest. They, they made that show. Who do you get? Like, who do you have that can do that? Are you expecting Katy Perry to be... Your Paula Abdul, yeah, or her Simon. If it's if she's the Simon Cowell, that'd be hilarious. Her career, like in music, yeah, could be over. Well, that's another thing too. Like, you're you're getting somebody who's just releasing an album. <laughs> like, yeah. what's the? She's she got time to do this? Like, is she is she not going to tour? Like, is she not going to uh, do nothing to promote this album? Like, I just I can't imagine she's going to be able to give this her full attention. Like when Christina got on The Voice. She wasn't really that active, you know? Yeah. Um, hell, when Paul Abdul got on American Idol, she was basically retired. <laughs> like, this was her, like, I met, like, I imagine this was her Troy McClure moment where she was just, like, just trying to get work. Like, nobody knew she was still uh, around, and she was just like, you got to give me this part. You got to give me this part. And she got it. Like, Katy Perry's too busy. I, I don't think this is going to work. You can quote me on that. Take that for data. <laughs> Um, now it says in this article, unlike many of Idol's previous veteran, quote unquote, veteran music ju- musician judges, Paula Abdul, Steven Tyler, Mariah Carey, 
they're they're kind of separating Perry as as Katy Perry as being someone who's still active in the yeah. industry. So that makes it different. Hmm. Maybe um, some payola. You pay me, I'll get you a mature. I don't know. I, I don't know how that's going to work out. Uh, I think it's going to depend on who the other judges are. I mean, you know, the way that they had it on American Idol, you had um, a producer, well, two producers, and it's, and and an artist. Producer slash promoter, really. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got to be somebody to that effect. I mean, someone who's camera ready or someone who is to where we know their face. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think you can get three. I don't think you can get like all artists or find someone, I guess, as charismatic as an artist producer like they have on The Voice, like yeah. with Pharrell or, or Blake Shelton. Well, I mean, I hear L.A. Reid needs work. So <laughs> maybe he'll do it. But my thing, he's willing to start like hitting on the artists and yeah. stuff. I don't hey, know. Maybe you should uh, next time perform uh, wear a shorter skirt. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> like Mr. Reed. Could you stop that, please? <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to sell. You know, I'm just trying to sell records, man. Um. So also with American Idol with the reboot, there's some other artists who are moving into other shows. Uh. Mariah Carey is in talks to be on the X Factor panel. Um, is the show still going? Yeah, okay. it is. All right, fair mm. enough. We also have uh, Kelly Clarkson, who was in talks to be on the American Idol reboot. She will be joining The Voice next season, All right. replacing Alicia Keys. The uh, fourth member as uh, Gwen Stefani and Alicia Keys who will be leaving the show uh, Miley Cyrus may be brought in on a permanent basis she had been uh, a guest coach Hmm. or also Jennifer Hudson who had a successful run on the UK version of The Voice so is this what they're gonna see this is what happens when y'all don't buy records like this is what happens they have to find other way to make they have to find other ways to make money (laughs) And they're like, oh, I'm just going to get on the TV show. Man, come on. This is – if if they were still selling records like they did in the late 90s and early 2000s, nobody would touch this. That's why when this show premiered, nobody touched it because they were selling too many records. Like, why do I need to get on TV? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. This is, this, is what, this is what they have to do now. This is what they have to do. Yeah. Oh, God. Um, so, yeah. Um, we'll save that for later. Okay, so <laughs> I like talking about this because it's just fun. Oh, it's very the, absurd. Yeah. Uh, the Fire Festival. Part three, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this is like, this is just, it's hilarious. Uh, well, I mean, you hear the name Jaw Rule now and you can't help but laugh, mm-hmm. right? I know I laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Where is job? But anyway, um, in prison. <laughs> well, he was. Yeah, he was. He might be back. <laughs> so uh, more uh, shout out to Billboard, who has a, a detailed timeline of what has happened, which they consistently update whenever there's new news. <laughs> That's amazing. So as of May 12th. Um, well, let's go back. May 9th, there were two more lawsuits. So, um, 
there were two more lawsuits uh, that there was a breach of contract in one um, negligent misrepresentation of claims unjust enrichment and violation of New York state business law. The suit claims that organizers kept offering VIP upgrades and encouraging attendees to put money on their cashless fire ban tickets, even after it was clear that there would be no concert. Mm -hmm. It also alleges that they told artists that the festival had been canceled well before the attendees were informed. So they're trying to find a way to keep that money. Yeah, no one's they no they haven't given anything back. No. After coming out and saying we're gonna refund everyone. Yeah. Was that just like did we miss the hashtag psych? Like <laughs> did we So that was last week. Okay. Um All right. Uh a couple of days before then uh a class action lawsuit was filed. I think we had briefly talked about this, but uh a couple was arguing Kenneth and Emily real were seeking a $5 million from Ja rule and McFarland. They are arguing that, um, the companies did not take any steps, let alone reasonable steps to ensure that their promotional materials and marketing campaigns were accurate and that they did nothing to ensure that they were marketing. And in turn, what people were relying on in purchasing tickets was, or even could be true. So basically they feel like they got scammed. Um, The reels said they signed up for an ad after an ad for the event popped up in their Facebook feed, booking a two bed duo with a VIP upgrade for $4,600. The suit takes on the PR defendants saying they knew or should have known that their advertisements and promotions of fire festival were false and likely to mislead consumers. The campaign described above that they set in motion was at bottom a reckless disregard for reality and at worst a blatant falsity. Um, so yeah, that's just the lawsuits, which is now at seven. Um, what's new this uh, the past few days is that there is now audio of a call between Billy McFarlane, the co-creator or co-founder, and fire employees. And some audio leaked in which he informed the staff that they will not be getting paid for their work. And at that point, I would have quit. <laughs> Just after yeah. conferring with our council and all financial people, unfortunately, we are not able to proceed with payroll. And he can be heard saying, we're not firing anyone. We're just letting you know that there will be no payroll in the short term. <sighs> now, mean, you could quit. Yeah, that's what I'm But saying. now you got to go home. Yeah. They pay for your flight. I guess not. So it's like you can stay there and uh, I would have found I would max out a credit card or something. You going to give me a credit card, Billy? Ja. Bella. Kylie. Somebody. somebody. Somebody's paying for my flight. Paris. Because I feel like she's somewhere. <laughs> I feel like she's somewhere in this. A socialite is underwriting the whole thing. <laughs> it had to be Paris. That's hot Hilton. Um. This is this is it. Just, it gets stupider every time. I'm, I'm I'm sitting here reading, like in the short term, which I'm sure would have turned turned into the long term. Nobody got paid. It's crazy. According to Vice, the roughly dozen employees of the festival's parent company, Fire Media, learned that their checks for the previous two weeks would not be coming, and the status of upcoming checks is also uncertain. wasn't paid for while you were here. Won't be paid for when you're here later. Like, no, nah, I'm good. We would have found a way home. 
no cheese sandwiches. <laughs> and what's weird with the I'm looking at the uh the, the bread and cheese sandwich, the infamous bread and cheese sandwich. It was one slice of bread. Oh was it I thought it was two. It looked like one slice of bread. I wonder if you just Google cheese sandwich. <laughs> does that and you'll find it? Come up like that doesn't even like show you regular let's let's just try that out. Let's try cheese sandwich. <laughs> Oh, it shows you grilled cheese sandwiches. Some of these look pretty good, actually. Huh. That's not a bad recipe. Now, if they made them like this, that would have been better. But, no. That looks like a that looks like the cheese sandwich right there. That, that they it's kind of sad. <laughs> sad. Ah, the saddest cheese sandwich of all time. Um, And you paid $4,600 for it. <laughs> <laughs> so enjoy it. All right, so um, yeah, that will do it for our music news segment. Um, we'll post some videos and articles <clears throat> to a couple of the stories on our website by the time you hear this dot com. So, Ben, what's your earworm of the week? Going with You and Me at Six. That's the name of the band. Name of the song is Nobody Does It Better. Wasn't that a um, that's a Carly Simon song, right? Nobody Does It Better. Yes, but okay. the song that you give me, I see it uh, titled as No One Does It Better. No One Does It Better? God. I I swear it's been stuck in my head. It's, it's <laughs> They only say it, they don't, they, they don't use it as a chorus, so you don't even get to hear it until the end of the song, but <laughs> No One Does It Better. All right, so No One Does It Better by You, Me, at Six from their album Sinners Never Sleep, and we'll be right back. The grudge is a short story, oh, I feel, I feel so low Let me stop and the part I haven't figured out yet Yes, I am, I'm moving slow You are playing the lead, the headache that my actions feed Oh, I've only got myself to Tests which I would fail at my best. Oh, always ending the same. Does it better by you, me at six from Sinners Never Sleep? Now, you, me at six is like, is that like we're going on a date or we're going to fight? I don't know. <laughs> um, 
I'd, I'd have to find out. I mean, it might be something British. They're they're a British band, so it could be something British that I just, as Americans, we just don't get. You know, yeah. As American blokes, you know, it's like um, I saw this video to where actually putting butter in the refrigerator mm-hmm. is totally American. Well, so how do they keep it from not melting? When you, it's supposed to be room temperature. Ew. Like you see, well, on my counter, mm-hmm. it's cluttered right now, but I have a container with butter mm-hmm. and I I leave it out. It's supposed to be room temperature. And you ain't dead yet? <laughs> <laughs> I'd be afraid of it going bad, but then again, I've never left it out. And I'm, Well, you know what I have? And it melted and it got weird, but maybe that was well, a real see butter. The, the thing, the little plate and the, like, the cover mm-hmm. that you put over it, mm-hmm. that's what's supposed to be like all the time. Uh-huh. So you're supposed to cover it. I didn't know that. Okay. Maybe I'll try that. I didn't know that. It's a time saver. You don't have to like put it in the microwave or like leave it out to wait for it to melt. And it's a, it's a time saver, but it was supposed to be a time saver all along. Hmm. Don't we're, refrigerate your butter people. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting it all wrong here. I thought those were the greatest country. <laughs> and a lot of people around the world say like that, that's an American thing. I don't, I don't know when that started. Those yanks. <laughs> Those damn yanks. All right. So, um, I know we meant, I mentioned on the last episode, but, uh, for the sake of time, <laughs> we will not be doing an Indie Instagrammer of the week this week, but continue to like our yes. post. And like I said, you'll be put into a pool and eventually you'll get into the rotation. I, I gotta, I have a, a plan. There's a format <laughs> for it and we'll hopefully be able to start down the next episode. But on this episode, we have another installment of Because Five. Why? Because Five. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so we started the uh, this episode off with uh, <laughs> Stevie Wonder's Upset Stomach from the film The Last Dragon. An 80s classic. And I mean the song. That's funny. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Uh, Stevie Wonder, not his best. No, no. Uh, but I do believe that that song was a demo that Barry Gordy said, I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> if it, if on the, this is like on the, with the soundtracks, you would see um, everyone who's going to be on the soundtrack, like on the cover. Mm-hmm. You see everybody's going to be on there. And if someone sees Stevie Wonder, like, oh, oh new Stevie Wonder. Buy this on a track. Yeah. Like- <laughs> <laughs> So uh, this because five will be songs by Stevie Wonder, um, uh, performed and or written mm-hmm. by Stevie Wonder. So it's um, exciting. Should we remind the people of this format again of why why it's called because five? Well, yeah. Um, well, what the, the, the Jamel and Jamel Michael, Hill, Michael Smith. Smith story? Yeah. Why? Because five. It yeah. was the. What was it? Was the um what the greatest players of all? No, NBA it was players? comedies. They were comedies. Talking about movies. Yes, yeah, comedies. They were talking about movies. I'm trying to remember the story now because I thought it was players. Well, basically, like they were, they were, uh, they have their their podcast. They oh, have yeah, the show get, now. Okay, now on the six, but it was their podcast, his and hers, where they talked about their five favorite comedies, and it might have been like Eddie Murphy comedies mm-hmm. to be more specific, but they named five. They're like, we're going to name five and just five because five, five. <laughs> the question asked for five. And like I said, with, um, with any debates that I've had in different topics or, um, or 
maybe Ben has seen, seen this on Reddit, I'm sure, to where someone asks, well, name your, your favorite something. Mm-hmm. And they're asking for one, right? But then that person names three. Like, I didn't ask for three. Ask for one. That's for one. So in this case, we name, you know, if you if it's top five, shout out to the movie High Fidelity. <laughs> <laughs> top five, then the question asks for five. Now, we do have honorable mentions, mm-hmm. but we limit ourselves to two. Mm-hmm. two and two only. So ba- it's, it's really a because seven, mm-hmm. but we go call it. Because but five, we, yeah. but because five sounds better. And <laughs> because seven. What? Um, but we're not getting too far away from uh, from what we're you know, what we want to do here as far as doing a top five. Like we limit ourselves to five. And that's supposed to make the list difficult. It's supposed to make yeah, you think. It it really is. These, especially with the topics that we choose. Like, yeah, you know, we're not. Some of these, some of these are polarizing. I mean, hell, I'm surprised. I'm, you know, no one's been like, oh, why'd you choose that one? Why'd you choose that one? Nah, man, this this list is complete bullshit. Like this, <laughs> like this is our like, list. This is our, our list. Yeah. You may have your own list. Yeah. I mean, that's that's part of the fun. Is that you know, if you disagree. It's supposed to start a conversation, not a not a fight. As a matter of fact, <laughs> if you don't agree, post your own hashtag because five. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, it's it's supposed to be uh, supposed to start a conversation and it's supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, maybe with our because well, like with like I said, with even with Prince songs, we have fun with it. It's yeah. like <laughs> if we did that again today, yeah. I feel I've had five different songs. Yes, <laughs> same with this. <laughs> Same with this. With you know, this will be with songs by Stevie Wonder. It might be five different songs tomorrow. Yeah, could be five different songs. Um, when I get home, when I get yeah, <laughs> it might be five more songs. So, um, like I said, this will be songs by Stevie Wonder. Uh, so, Ben, you will go first. All right. What is your first honorable mention? My first honorable mention is lately. Um, and the only reason I made this an honorable mention is because as a youngster, a young lad, uh, the first time I heard this, and I wouldn't be surprised if most people are aged the first time they heard it, if they didn't hear from their parents, was the Casey and Jojo version yeah. from Unplugged. From, yeah, the Uptown MTV Unplugged. Mm-hmm. Um, it was awesome. As a matter of fact, I still remember the summer. It was, um, I was in Boy Scout camp. It was like a Boy Scout day camp, and I was I would go back and forth each day. And I remember on the way home one day back from the camp, I heard the song, and I was like, "This is a really good song." And of course, you know, me being what probably like eight or nine, I don't really know who Stevie Wonder is. Um, it wasn't until you know years later I find out it was a cover of a Stevie Wonder song. So I thought that was pretty cool, um, and it's just a really good song. I love what Casey and JoJo did to it because like, was it a Jodeci? Was it Jodeci's or was it Casey and JoJo by themselves? I think it was just KC and JoJo. Okay. Because I, I always feel like, anyway, when I listen to Jodeci, that's all I hear anyway. It's just KC and them. JoJo. Yeah. Jodeci is KC and JoJo. Yeah. yeah um, Devante is the writer, producer. Mm-hmm. I don't know what Mr. Dalvin does. <laughs> Me either. <laughs> I don't know what he does. But um, it's a beautiful song. It's haunting, which is um, one of the things I like about Stevie Wonder's songwriting is he can write a haunting ballad if he needs to. And this is one of them. Um, I mean, really, this is one of, I could probably say, 
three or four. Maybe that's what I like about him. Is he writes haunting ballads. Uh, lately is credited to Jodeci on the Uptown MTV Unplugged. We all know it's Casey and JoJo. Yeah. Singing the Ooh, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. All and right. then I always think about the episode of Martin where Jodeci is on there. Yeah. And Martin comes out there singing like Jodeci. <laughs> good times. Good times. All right. So, lately... From the album Hotter Than July, mm-hmm. 1980. So he did a few good things in the 80s. That was the beginning, though. Not a lot. The, that was the beginning of the 80s. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know about that. All right. So, well, <laughs> just as soon as I make a reference to how bad the 80s might have been for Stevie Wonder, or kind of hit and miss, or really, well, not really hit and miss, just cheese. Mm-hmm. It was just cheesy. But... One of my favorite songs by him, and it's my first honorable mention, is Love, Light, and Flight. Okay. Uh, I didn't know this was on the soundtrack to The Woman in Red. Neither did I. Which includes the Oscar-winning song, I Just Called to Say I Love You. But um, I think we... I've forgiven him for that. (laughs) He did win an Oscar for it, but... It's, that song is still cheese. Yeah. So as a song that I actually like <laughs> from the soundtrack <laughs> is "Love Light and Love Light in Flight." Um, this was one of those songs. Growing up in Augusta, you hear it on that uh, drive at five. Mm-hmm. Like it was always like some some DJ would just play all the stuff from like the early eighties, early eighties R and B. Yeah. So this will be thrown in there along with, you know, Evelyn Champagne King <laughs> or The Whispers. Oh, The Whispers. <laughs> you know, uh, who else? Atlantic Star or yeah. Midnight Star. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this song will be thrown in there. So um, uh, one of those songs that just reminds me of just growing up in Augusta, even yeah. though it had nothing to do with Stevie Wonder, <laughs> but, you know. There, which each song that we pick, there is some kind of connection. Oh yeah, right? there's always going to be alive, So yeah. that's what it reminds me of. Uh, I've never seen the movie The Woman in Red. Neither have I. Who star? Do you know who's in it? It has uh, Gene Wilder. Okay. And I believe he wrote and directed it, or it was. Um, I have to look at it because it's it's kind of like. Have you seen? Um, I think I love my wife, the Chris Rock yes, movie. Yes, I love that movie. It's kind of like that. Okay. I think I think I love my wife was kind of a kind of a spinoff. Okay. Really. Um, it has a uh, well written and produced by Gene Wilder, and I know he plays a man. He's like an ad executive, and he sees this woman in a red dress, and he just becomes obsessed with her. Yeah, that sounds just like I think I love my wife. <laughs> uh, the woman in the red dress is played by Kelly LeBrock. Okay. This was right before Weird Science. Oh, okay. And, you know, she, he, he, but he's married, of course, and he's still obsessed with her and they start hanging out and they fall in love and, um, and they're finally going to have sex. And then her husband walks in. He didn't know she was (laughs) married, but he was taking her places. He introduced her to his family. Like, Whoa! It was it was weird. So I think I'm gonna um, go watch that now. That sounds like that sounds like a good movie. Yeah. So uh, he finally, um, well, he doesn't actually go back to his wife. He starts becoming interested in somebody else. <laughs> um, 
the movie also has uh, his then wife, Gilda Radner, uh, and Charles Grodin. Um, do you know who that is? Mm-mm. I know who Gilda Radner is, but not Charles Grodin. Remember the movie Clifford with Martin yes. Short? Yeah. He was the, the uncle. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's been a minute since I've seen that. I'm going to look him up. <laughs> so, um, check out that soundtrack. All the songs written by Stevie Wonder, and there are a couple of songs with Dionne Warwick as well. All right, so your second honorable mention. All right, we're going to go with uh, They Won't Go When I Go. Um, another haunting song. Um, I've, the first time I heard this, I'm ashamed to say, it was the Michael Jackson Memorial. When he sang, um, I Never Thought You'd Leave in Summer. And then goes into this afterwards. Um, both songs beautiful, and honestly, um, I never thought you leaving summer almost made um, the list. But this one edged it out just with how beautiful it is. Like this is just—I mean—and it's like you know you, you listen to it, you're like, well, "This is a depressing song," but it's just—it's beautiful. Like the 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 way he plays, the the way he sings. Just—I don't know. It's just, yeah. It's just beautiful. Um, this is from the album Fulfillingness. Fulfillingness's first finale. Mm-hmm. It even has a like a epic title. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, no more lying let y'all hear that a bit. He sings. He sings the hell out of this song for her. Um, for him, excuse me, for Michael Jackson. Yeah, I. Uh, I didn't know. I didn't. I didn't hear the original version until recently. I. I knew George Michael covered it. Yeah, George Michael's done a couple of good covers. Um, Stevie Wonder covers this and as with um, Mary J. Blige, which yeah. is really good. So uh, that's when I heard it was on Listen Without Prejudice. Um, and just hearing it, I was like, man, this sounds like something like Stevie Wonder wrote or something. <laughs> you know, cause I got like, I was hearing like Lately or mm-hmm. um, uh, Visions. It, was okay. kind of, it, sounded, it felt like one of those kind of songs. And I found out that he actually did write it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was kind of go back to my, I have a Stevie Wonder's covers list. Of course I do. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> so I was trying to find out if if someone else had actually covered this song uh, aside uh, well, along with um, George Michael is uh, just out of curiosity on your list do you have the Red Hot Chili Peppers cover of Higher Ground yes okay I think that was the first one I put on there gotcha <laughs> that's also a very good song which probably would have made my list <laughs> yeah th- see like we said this this list would be very different just from time to time to time because Stevie Wonder has such a huge catalog of songs yeah I'm trying to find out if there's any other uh, anything else we can give about this particular album. Uh, it did win Album of the Year, fulfilling this first finale um, in 1974. So, um, <clears throat> that is that was the second honorable mention, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, what's yours? My second honorable mention is one of his early songs. Okay. It is uptight. Uh oh. Um, 
got that classic, uh, that classic Motown drum. The, the Funk Brothers. The Funk Brothers. Oh, I'm man. Like, it was kind of talking, like, you didn't mind that a lot of Motown songs sounded the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it had the same people playing the songs. <laughs> so, yeah, that's going to happen. That's fine. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, the first time I actually heard this song was, uh, the movie Why Do Fools Fall in Love oh that wasn't that wasn't it yeah and um Frankie Lyman comes home and the the third wife or girlfriend <laughs> is in the garden and um they start dancing to the song mm-hmm. and then like this was when Frankie Lyman was in the army he's actually stationed at Fort Gordon I didn't know near that. Augusta and uh some army officers come up and they arrest him because he's been AWOL. I don't. Okay, now it's been years. Was the third one was who's the, who played the third one? Leela Rashad. Rashawn? Okay, that's what she I thought. She was a school teacher. Okay. That's one of those movies that's been. It's probably been a good ten years since I've seen that movie. And then I probably didn't even watch the whole thing the last time <laughs> I saw it. But yeah, I love the old Motown sound it has. Yeah, it's one of those. Uh, I think a lot of people maybe not realize that he was actually on Motown. Probably not, and didn't realize because he that. had his own distinct sound. Like yeah. the song that you know, he had his own distinct sound. But people who know of this song or, or you know of his earlier songs that yeah, um, that he was on Motown. So yeah, that's my second honorable mention. All right, so now we're getting into the top five. So, Ding. what you got? <laughs> All right, number five is a uh, is a uh, is I guess it's a cover. It was done by Sarita um, on her album, but then Jeff Beck, the um, I guess you could you could call him legendary. He's in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Uh, Jeff Beck, legendary jazz, rock, fusion guitar player. Because uh, we've ended as lovers. Um, play his version. Yeah. Okay. His version is the one that I fell in love with. Um, um, if you can't tell, I'm a guitar player. If you can't tell by now, um, and uh, Jeff Beck is held in high regard. When I was younger and just starting out playing guitar, getting into it, I would read about him, and this was listed as one of his signature songs because we've ended as lovers from the album Blow by Blow. Um, really good song. He was kind of him and Stevie Wonder have worked together before. He was supposed to do Superstition, but he didn't. Um, Ended up doing this song instead. Stevie Wonder, I think, played on this album, not on this track in particular, but um, played on this album on the song Thelonious, uncredited apparently. But this is just a really beautiful kind of melodic, like melodic song. Um, and there's, of course, the version. The original version has vocals to it. And one thing about um, when you're playing an instrument. You typically want to be what's known as lyrical. You want to, you know, try to mimic the sound of a human voice. Jeff Beck, I think, does that very well here. Like, he's just very, just very lyrical, very melodic, just very beautiful, doesn't really overplay. Um, new guitar players could probably, you know, learn a lot from someone like Jeff Beck, you know? The song doesn't do more than it needs to do. It serves its purpose. How did you, how did you come up on this song? No, from the um, article I read when he was listed as, like, this was listed as one of his signature songs. Okay. And then I just happened to find out that Stevie Wonder wrote it. And actually, I didn't find out that he wrote it until maybe, like, a couple of years ago. 
like i've been listening to it for years and then i was like oh damn stevie you did it again <laughs> so it's pretty good stuff all right so from jeff Beck's album blow by blow from 1975 All right, so that was number five. And you have number five. My number five. Um, this is actually the first ringtone I ever bought. Where? <laughs> is it Happy Birthday to you? No. <laughs> it is Master Blaster. Oh parenthesis yeah. Jamming from the album Hotter Than July. Also came out when? Yes, it was nineteen eighty. Yes. Did some good things. <laughs> what I like about this song is that when it could have been easy to fall into in the late 70s, early 80s, probably up to like 82, artists who were doing R&B pop throughout the 60s and 70s could have easily fallen into disco yeah, and then kind of just fallen off the map. Mm-hmm. I think Stevie Wonder stayed to what he wanted to do. Yeah. And... Maybe his songs will be played at Disco 54, but not because they were disco songs. Yeah. And then with this, he, I think it's because he had like kind of just started listening to, um, to Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. I believe that the article I read said, yeah, he was, he was listening to a lot of it at the time. Um, yeah, he, he he got to meet Bob Marley, and he was encouraged to write this song. And um, like after they had performed together, and uh, this song was actually went to number five on the Hot 100. Um, and it was uh, the lyrics include you know talking about ending the Civil War and it's in Zimbabwe. And uh, this was the first single from Higher Than July. Uh, interesting with this song, interred from him being inspired by Bob Marley. Mm-hmm. You know the song by the Clark Sisters, uh, You Bring the Sunshine? Yeah. It's basically, a, it's as the, the writer, uh, I can't remember which sister it was, but she basically said, yeah, I just ripped off. Master Blaster. <laughs> um, Smooth. <laughs> so yeah, and that was in this song. So so Bob Marley inspiring Stevie Wonder and in turn inspiring you know the Clark Sisters with a gospel song that kind of like crossed over you know in other genres. So this was this is a fairly influential song. Uh, but yeah, this is the first ringtone I ever bought. Uh, I had a Nokia. Uh, so it didn't sound like the song then. It did. Oh, it did. It, it, was, it was the okay. ones where it was the actual track. Okay. It wasn't no 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 MIDI files. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, I like I I went through the list. It was like all these pop songs that I didn't really like. It was like, well, how about like Stevie Wonder? Oh, they have Masterizer. I bought that one. I think I paid like two ninety nine for it or Jesus. something. Ringtones were expensive. God, it was that's how Soldier Boy made his money. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Master Blaster is my number five. All right, number four. 
All right. Um, Overjoyed by Stevie Wonder. Um, and once again, this was a song where his version was not the first I heard. Um, the first I heard was from Mary J. Blige. Um, and the, the Jordan commercial. The Jordan commercial. Uh, because Jordan, everything Jordan did was epic. <laughs> um, and then I, in my, you know, in my quest to find her version, I found out that this was in fact a Stevie Wonder song and fell in love with it. Um, and it's a beautiful song. Um, and from his, let me see here, album In Square Circle from 1985. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> To be fair, though, he wrote it in the 70s. So apparently it was mm-hmm. first written for a 1979 album, but he left it off and re-recorded it. So, yeah, to be fair, it was it was not written in the 80s. For all we this know... This is the same album that had Part-Time Lover on it, okay? Which was a classic. Okay. <laughs> Part-Time <laughs> Lover. That's such an odd song. But no, I love I loved this song. It's, it's beautiful. And then, of course, it just evokes memories of the Jordan commercial... In which, at think at the end, like he's walking towards the screen and it fades to black. It's just a really cool commercial. Yeah, we probably idolize Jordan too much, but that's a whole other, whole other thing. Yeah. Um, I recently, uh, well, I do first. I did first hear it in the in the Jordan commercial. Um, and recently, I heard Victor Wooten. He's a jazz basses or fusion basses or something to that yeah. effect yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I heard his version of it uh, um, it sounds it's 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 incredible he's actually yeah. going to be at um, it's either Terminal West or Variety Playhouse okay yeah he's really good fairly soon started out playing with I'm um, not sure if you're familiar with Bela Fleck and the Flecktones yeah yeah he started out as he's their bass player basically when they play um, everyone in that band is really good <laughs> So that was number four, Overjoyed. Yes, it's from the 80s, but he wrote in the 70s, so <laughs> doesn't really count <laughs> um, as part of his 80s cheese. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So my number four is <clears throat> it's a song called Do I Do. Um, when you hear this song. For those the uninitiated, <laughs> this was a song, um, I believe, sampled by Ja Rule. I'm not surprised. It was a song with Ja Rule and, and Cisco. It, so you know what year it was. Yes. Okay. <laughs> We're living it up. But yeah, living it up. Yeah, I forgot. Okay. Yeah, he did sample that. No. Oh, well, it might no, not have been. Case. That was Case. It was Case. Yeah. Yeah, it was Case. Oh, boy. Oh, I forgot about this song. That's why this list would change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, another one of those songs that I hear on the radio in Augusta. Oh, for real? <laughs> that Drive It Five. And what was funny is that they would play the full album version, which is nearly ten and a half minutes. I think they would play like six minutes of it Good on the radio. <laughs> that reminds me of a station in Columbus that would play uh, like the full album version of Quiet Storm by Smokey Robinson. As the first song of The Quiet Storm. <laughs> so you knew it was coming. <laughs> I just remember thinking, like, this song goes on forever. God. But yeah, I forgot about this song. This is a really good song. 
Um, now he's living it up. <laughs> ja Rule's not living it up anymore, ladies and gentlemen. He's getting sued. That's all you hear right now, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, what year was this from? This is from 1982, and it was one of the new tracks on Original Musicarium, uh, which was a greatest hits, but it had a few uh, unreleased tracks as well. Um, yeah, so Ja Rule, yeah, sampled this song for Living It Up from 2001. Uh, so... Hmm. Um, hmm. Also in the video was Baron Davis, and it was featured in the movie Friday After Next. But that's Ja Rule. Enough about Ja Rule. <laughs> um, this uh, peaked at number thirteen on the Billboard Hot 100, and according to Wikipedia, it's labeled as post disco. Yeah, I saw that. I was gonna. <laughs> they'll put post anything, I guess. You know. Like, I still dance music, but not, I guess, they didn't do the 24-track the thing where everything is, can be just, like... Not stupid not, disco. Yeah. So that is my number... Wait, what number are you on? Who played drums on this? Huh. I don't... Uh, I don't have that. I was looking for it. Because um, it said Nathan Watts played... Nathan Watts played I, bass. Was a long, was a collaborator of his. He played uh, a lot of stuff. Dizzy Gillespie plays has a trumpet solo. I'm listening to the drums. This drummer's really good. How do I do? Here we go. Uh, Den- Dennis Davis. Okay, so I guess Dennis Davis just played with him for a lot of stuff in the '80s because I'm seeing his name on a lot of stuff in the '80s. And then of course Paul Reiser um, was on there as well. Right, so that was so that was your number four, right? Yes. Okay. All right. So number three. Re, we're gonna reprise another one here. Uptight <laughs> by Mr. Stevie Wonder. Um, or actually, it was Little Stevie Wonder back then, like, technically. Yeah. Yeah. Little Stevie Wonder. So we, we'll play it again. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess for me, and this is really going to kind of be this and the next song I like because of this. It, he kind of tells a story. Poor man, son from across the railroad track, from across the railroad tracks, only sure to own is the one on my back. Like I, I love the, I love songs that kind of set a story for me, and I feel like this one kind of sets a story for me um, with that line. Um, then it's just like. Like, it's so upbeat. I just feel like Stevie Wonder is just singing the hell out of this song. Like, when he was in the studio, like, there's no... Like, it's just... It's so high energy. Like, the whole time, he's just going, 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 going. There's no, like... It doesn't drop out. There's no... It just He just goes. So, I, I really like that about it. Like, I just imagine him... It's like you've seen him sing when he's not playing an instrument. Like, I just imagine him doing <laughs> he's that. He's rocking back and forth. Yeah, he's we'll just rocking back and forth. <laughs> and he's just singing the hell out of the song. Maybe even stomping his feet. Who knows? <laughs> So, yeah, I love this song. And I can't remember the first time I heard it. Um, I just always, I've always liked it. <laughs> and this is from the album Uptight. Mm-hmm. Uh, which includes Blowing in the Wind, so yeah. Bob Dylan cover. Mm-hmm. Probably, well, I'm trying to think who did it first. 
Was it him or Sam Cooke? Steve Wonder or Sam Cooke? Because I know Sam Cooke covered it too. Hmm. I don't yeah, know. I'd have to look that up. So, number three is Uptight from the album Uptight. Uptight Saturday Night. <laughs> and it just sounds like a Saturday night. Like it. Yeah, and going it, out on Saturday night yeah. to the sock hop mm-hmm. or the drive through. I wouldn't be surprised in, if um, um, Bright Light, Bright Light, Bigger City inspired that too, because those two songs kind of have a similar feel to me. Yeah. All right. Um, so number three, right? Yes. Yes. Number three. All right. Number three is um, it's a song where he got he got political. Actually, he has a few songs where he like just dissed Richard Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> So this is uh, back from fulfilling this's first finale. You haven't done nothing. Ah, okay. Usually I have to like I don't know them by title. I have to hear the beginning. And I do like this one. Heavy clap accord. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um so uh <clears throat> um this was the the honer clavinet mm-hmm. that says he played. Um, he also played the bass drum and hi hat, so no no snare. Yeah. Uh, He's a capable drummer though. He, yeah. I have seen him play drums, blind at all. Uh, it'll probably be later on in the song, but it includes background vocals by Michael McDonald. No. Okay, no. You, I was like, whoa, really? Not Michael McDonald. Well, who's on the background? The Jackson Five. Oh, Michael Jackson. Okay, and well, and the Jackson Five. <laughs> I really was like, dude, I, like he was back then. Like, okay. <laughs> well, this was seventy four. It's possible he was playing. When did he? Who did he sing back? Was it Steve Winwood? Because he played keyboard in some band and did back. Oh, was that Silly Dan? He just did it. I know he played keyboard for Silly Dan. I don't know. I can't remember. I'm gonna look that up. Because I know Luther Vandross, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I hope I'm not getting him mixed up. Luther Vandross sung background for either David Bowie or Steve Winwood. Somebody sung they, background. He sung backup for Bowie. For Bowie? Okay. Luther sang backup for Bowie. It's going to bother me if I don't know this. Uh, this was a number one song on the Hot 100. Uh, it was his fourth number one song. Yeah, it was just Steely Dan, so never okay. mind. Which is still impressive. They're all really good musicians. That's impressive. Yeah. Um, that's all they did. They just did the doo-doo-wop, but still, yeah. it, it counts. Yeah. <laughs> they got credit for singing background vocals. Michael McDonald's done less and got credit. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah. This was a shot at Richard Nixon, um, one of his more politically charged songs. There's also there's always one, at least one, seems to be at least one politically influenced song. Mm-hmm. Um, he has a song on. I think it was on the in Square Circle about apartheid. Yeah. Um, the song he did with Babyface about domestic violence. So um, he is socially active. All right, we're now at number two. Getting out our top two. So this one, uh, living for the city, um, I I love this song. I love his live performance of it. 
Um, it's the one I can't think of what it's what special or anything is from, but it's where he's got on like the like the denim hat, I believe, red brick background in the room that he's playing in, if I remember correctly. Um, sings the hell out of this song, tells a good story. Um, from the beginning, the the one line that really sticks out for me is in the second verse, where he's like, because um, where you know where she. I forget, like, they don't hire colored people or something like that. I can't remember what precedes it, but, like, um, her short, her skirt is short, but her legs sure are sturdy. Like, I just, it's such a, yeah, it's a very visual, at least for me, very visual, you know? Yeah. Uh, her sister's black, but she's showing up pretty. Her yeah. skirt is short, but her legs are sturdy. Yeah, right here. Oh, no, that's not it. It's a, oh, just... Like just it's such it's so like for someone who you know couldn't see <laughs> like the the he's such a good storyteller. Like, I guess you, have, you don't have to be able to see to write you know write well because obviously you know, so you wonder, but like I don't know. And then this part was pretty cool, but um yeah, it, just such vivid imagery for me at least storytelling. Yeah, it's just it's it's good song. I'm I'm down with anything that writes a story. Um, and there's a line. <laughs> <laughs> All the the lines that you were talking about. Um, to find a job is like a haystack like needle because yeah. where he lives, they don't use colored people. Yes, like that. That's a good line. Like that's a sticks out. And then of course Dave Chappelle came out and saying, "With the living, Twan is living for the city." <laughs> oh no. I just thought that was a funny line, but yeah. um, this also used well. He he played all the instruments, mm. all the vocals. Made of Fender Rhodes, a Moog bass, and a Tonto synthesizer. <laughs> Familiar with that? I am not. No. Tonto synthesizer is an acronym for the Original New Timbral Orchestra, uh, used by the band Tonto's expanding headband, and Stevie Wonder worked a little bit with them. Okay. Uh, but they had their own. Um, it's the first and still the largest multi-timbral polyphonic analog synthesizer in the world. Wow. Constructed by Malcolm Cecil. So it's just a big old synthesizer. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to look at a picture now. This is really big. <laughs> Tonto. Yeah, so, yeah, this was. So, like you mentioned, yeah, even played drums on here. People wonder, like, oh, blind man playing drums? I've seen him do it before. It looks interesting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he also, uh, well, this song was sampled um, for anyone who's seen New Jack City. It was sampled uh, on the soundtrack by a song by Queen Latifah and Levert, I believe. Uh, and also sampled by Usher and Nicki Minaj. Yeah. So, yeah. That is number two. All right. <clears throat> My number two. Um, I said Stevie Wonder reminds me a lot of Augusta. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Listen to the radio in Augusta. So my number two is That Girl. Oh. You choose a lot of his 80s stuff, man. I know. <laughs> I know I have. I thought like when we um, I was like, oh, man, probably like. Do, do, do. Three or four of the songs would be from Intervisions. No, actually, I don't have any from. Inter- well, I have one. 
my number is from Intervisions, but you'll find out what that is in just a moment. <laughs> um, I didn't know the name of this song for the longest time. I thought I thought I knew I thought it was called That Girl, but I could I didn't know what album it was. Okay. I thought it was on Intervisions. It wasn't that. My mom had that mm-hmm. had that album. She had Fulfilling This First Finale. It wasn't on there. She had Songs of the Key of Life. It wasn't on there. She did not have original Musicarium, which this song was on. <laughs> Um, I liked how in the chorus it became. This is what it, it, to me it feels like an epic dance pop song to me. Uh, like it has the the strings and the chorus. Um, I like. I really like how the piano sounds on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a huge fan of the bass line. Yeah. Um, trying to see what he uh, it was sampled by Tupac on the song So Many Tears Uh, Joe covered it I believe on his I know there's a compilation album of Stevie Wonder covers really it was like Joe featuring Mr. Cheeks okay (laughs) remember him yeah Uh, (laughs) who was that (laughs) yeah like that yeah, the background vocals like it, it, it. That made the song like sound bigger mm-hmm. to me. Um, so yeah, this is really just a song that I enjoyed. Um, let me see if I can find what that. Uh, what was the name of that album? It's I know it, it's on my covers list. Well, the uh, Joe version with Mr. Cheeks. Yeah, uh, it's called Conception. An interpretation of Stevie Wonder songs. <clears throat> okay. Also includes uh, Eric Clapton, Glenn Lewis, Karen Wheeler, Mary J. Blige, The Overjoyed by Mary J. Blige is on okay. there. Angie Stone, Mark Anthony, Brian McKnight, Music Soul Child, Dave Hollister, John Mellencamp. Oh, wow. EDRE. What does he cover, John Mellencamp? Uh, I Don't Know Why I Love You. Okay. And I don't think we played enough music where it included a Stevie Wonder harmonica yeah. solo. <laughs> that is a good point. Um, as we talked about on our Prince episode, Shaka Khan's cover of I Feel For You uh, included a harmonica solo. Mm-hmm. And Say 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 by Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson includes a harmonica solo. I'm trying to think what songs he has with... with- harmonica solos now hmm. I can't think of them off the top of my head until I hear them yeah so that's number two for me so what is your number one alright I'm going to preface this by saying this is not because of Coolio <laughs> but my favorite Stevie Wonder song is Pastime Paradise um and it has nothing to do with Gangsta's Paradise. <laughs> it's just a really good song. Um, with a lot of different kind of just layers on it with the strings. Um, I don't know. It's just it's good with the, with the um, bass underneath. Which honestly kind of sounds sometimes like a, like a string bass, stand-up string bass. Um, it's just a, it's a good song. But it has nothing to do with Coolio. Yeah. Of course, yes, this song was famously sampled by Coolio. Yeah, and I'm afraid more people know that than this. But whatever. That's their problem. 
um, this was one of the first songs to use a synthesizer to sound like a full string section. Oh, so those aren't really strings? No. Oh, I feel, I feel robbed, Stevie. <laughs> do, 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 do. Like I love things, you know. He's, he's such a good writer. I'm glad we did this list. He's such a good writer. <laughs> <laughs> I liked how he used. Um, uh, it says here it includes a Ching Bell pattern by Hari Krishna musicians. Hmm, okay. Uh, so that's a. Um, um, an indication of him using of him drawing from other cultures yeah uh, not really appropriating like we've talked about before <laughs> <laughs> but at least just um, just using using it as for, you know just to uh, just as a part of the music and not really taking anything from what it is you know um, another example would be uh, the songs in which he there's obvious Latin music influence, mm-hmm. like "Don't You Worry About a Thing." Oh, that's a good song. Um, yeah. Uh, now this song, there's a. I feel. I think there's a cover of that on my list. I've heard some really good covers of it. Um, uh, I have one by Patti Smith. Really. Okay, so. Uh, where I was talking about the NBA draft lottery <laughs> and the Celtics get the number one pick. Where are the Lakers picking? Number two? Uh, Lakers will pick second. Yes. 76 is third. Hmm. We like music, but we also like sports people. Yeah. Yeah. We'll, we'll talk about who, who we think they might pick. Uh, off there. <laughs> I know who they picking. <laughs> I know who the Lakers want, but will they get him? But will they get him? Yeah. I don't see the Celtics taking a point guard, so I think the Lakers are going to get who yeah. they want. But anyway, so pastime paradise. And just even the way it is, and I was waiting for this part—the end, of, the ending of it with the, the vocals coming in. Like I love that. Like it. Ah, oh God, this song's so good. Yeah, and this is from Songs in the Key of Life, mm-hmm. which Elton John says he always takes a copy of everywhere he goes, and I can believe that. I can believe that. <laughs> yeah. All right. So that is Pastime Paradise. Songs of the Key of Life. That's Ben's number one song. Mm-hmm. And what is yours? My number one. Um, I thought I like I said I thought I would have three or four songs from Intervisions, but I only have one, and it's this one. Jesus, Children of America. Oh. Um, I like the vocal effect to start off with. Um, I I really didn't understand what the song was supposed to be at first because I'm like 12, 13 years old. Like, is this a gospel song or you know? And it just showed it. It showed to me that. Um, He was very, I guess you'd say, uh, introspective, or he's more, um, um, or he's more cynical, Mm -hmm. skeptical of America. Uh, And this is a song in which he did everything. 
Once again. <laughs> Lead vocals, background vocals, play Defender Rhodes, a Honda Clavinet, hand claps, tambourine, more hand claps, play the drums, play the bass. Mm. It's a Moog bass. Yeah. Um, I really like the background vocals, especially towards the end of the song, um, because I thought Michael Jackson may have been. Uh, oh, you thought is he credited? May have done background vocals. He he is not credited. So could it, be him uncredited. Happens sometimes. Um, uh, to this one. So if you cover a Stevie Wonder song, mm-hmm. there's certain elements in which like certain points of the song like you gotta hit that part of the song mm-hmm. otherwise you know it's your not, whole thing yeah. will fall apart um, one amazing cover and I believe it won a Grammy is by the Robert Glasper experiment okay with Layla Hathaway and Malcolm Jamal Warner what did he do um, Malcolm Jamal Warner if he didn't he is he does play bass okay but if he didn't play bass in the song he does have like a, a written like poem at the end of the track okay I know he played bass. Uh, like to 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 see that he did everything here, mm-hmm. you know, and it's in the you know similar to to uh, Prince yeah. with writing like and doing everything. I it, you have a great appreciation for like he's he's a genius, yeah, and well, he's been doing this for all his life I feel like a lot of people nowadays won't be able to put it in context because he was doing this in the 70s yeah so he wasn't doing this today where it's easier it's much easier to do it and this is no insult to modern musicians but nowadays it's, it's much oh, easier this part is what I'm talking about the, the, the background mm-hmm. vocals Oh, that I does thought, sound like him. I thought I thought Michael Jackson might have been on this song. <laughs> that could be uncredited. It's much easier today to record all the instruments to a song um, than it was back then. Like, just the, the recording process was a lot more difficult. Not to be one of those guys like everything was better back then, but like to do this was was a much greater feat back then. All right, so that will do it with four because five Stevie Wonder songs. Um, I oh, there there are songs that I mean. Keep in mind, this is our list. Mm-hmm. There are songs that uh, we didn't put on there. Yeah, we don't have Superstition. Nope. <laughs> nope. I was hoping we didn't. <laughs> we don't have Superstition I'm on there. superstitious about uh, Superstition. We don't have uh, My Sharia Moore. Uh, Ribbon in the Sky. Ribbon in the Sky. We don't have Science Hill Delivered, I'm Yours. Mm-mm. Even uh, though I was at a party Saturday night where like everyone got down to that song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, we don't have... Um, you are the sunshine of my life. Mm-mm. We don't have higher ground. Nope. That would have been that would have been next though. Like, that was <laughs> that's one of my jams. <laughs> uh, we don't have boogie on reggae woman. Mm-hmm. I wish Sir Duke, Mister Know It All, Mister Know It All. Uh, I just called to say I love you. That was never going to be on there, at least not for me. <laughs> we, uh, we don't have ebony and ivory either. Mm-hmm. Um, we don't have. Well, they include that's what friends are for, but he didn't write that one. Mm-mm. That has a that has a, a, <laughs> that har- a harmonica. harmonica solo though. Yeah. Harmonica solo. Yeah. Um, 
it, you know, uh, we don't have Isn't She Lovely? No. It's not on there either. No, I don't think I would ever put that on I, I don't like, I, a lot of times I don't like when, when his songs are used in movies because it's like the cheesiest moment of, mm-hmm. of a rom-com. Yeah. It's not so delivered, typically. Um, that's, that's totally a wedding song, too. I think, as a matter of fact, I think, I, I think the last wedding I went to used that as a, um, I now pronounce you, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, not again. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Well, that, that's Science So Delivered. Yeah, that's right? what I said. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Isn't She Lovely is always when some baby is born in the movie. Oh. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, that will do it for our Stevie Wonder Because Five. Um, Hope you had a happy birthday. <laughs> And because we have one like with the artists as far as like songs by Prince and Stevie Wonder, I think we should try to stick to like the elite artists as much as possible mm-hmm. as far as doing this, as far as like songs by a certain artist. I agree. Um, Cause that's good. But it's got to be a lot to choose from. Like we both, we only had one song in common. Yeah. <laughs> <on our list. laughs> because he has um, such an extensive catalog. Yeah. You know, so, um, I don't. We won't. I don't see us doing a because five on like <laughs> Joe Budden. Joe but Well, yeah, he will not get one because one. <laughs> I know one song. Pump, pump, pump it up. I call him a one hit wonder, and people get mad. People will get mad. Like I don't know any other song. I'm sorry. Yeah, me either. I don't listen to Slaughterhouse either. Mm-mm. Even if they had a hit song, it doesn't really count for him. Well, it kind of does. But the point is, it's not a, not a Joe Budden song. He's not sticking out to me. No. All right. So we'll get to my earworm of the week. <clears throat> my earworm of the week is, I think I mentioned that he had a new song mm-hmm. on last week's episode. And I, I listened to it. I kind of like it. Um I'm going to look it up real quick because when hearing the song, I thought it was something that if he wrote it, he initially wrote it for like Nick Jonas <laughs> and he turned it down. <laughs> um, so let me pull it up real quick. Um, well, it doesn't say so. Um, uh, this is the song Attention by Charlie Puth. Oh, didn't we hear this in um in IHOP? Yes. Yeah, we did. Yes. We heard this in IHOP. That's where we heard it, yes. I could totally hear this as a Nick Jones song. <laughs> um, he wrote, co-wrote this with uh, Jacob Kasher and produced it himself. But, uh, yeah, I kind of, I, 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 I dig it. So, Is it on a certain playlist? Not yet? Hadn't made it not yet. yet? Not yet. Not yet. Not ready for that commitment yet. Okay, okay. <laughs> So this is Attention by Charlie Puth. It is right now just a single. Um, so he's working on a new album. Has it charted yet? Because he's, he's been pretty successful. So he's got a lot to live up to, I think. This song is on the charts at number 53. Okay. After having after writing the hook to um, See You Again <laughs> and like having that be as big as it was and then we don't talk anymore and um, one call. Like he, he's been successful. Like he can't have a sophomore slump. That'll look too bad. Yeah. So this is Attention by Charlie Booth, and we'll be right back. Whoa. 
You've been running around, running around, running around, throwing that dirt all on my name. Cause you knew that I knew that I knew that I'd call you up. You've been going around, going around, going around every party in LA. Cause you knew that I knew that I knew that I'd be at one. Oh. I know that dress is karma, perfume regret. You got me thinking about when you were mine. Oh. And now I'm all upon you, what you expect. But you're not coming home with me tonight. You just want attention. Charlie Puth, currently a single, <clears throat> and added to our BTT YHD Earworms playlist. Uh, yeah, you think it like it's something that I like, can totally uh, hear that. Yeah, it yeah. sounds kind of like a Nick Jonas song, which yeah. makes me want to go back and look to see if he's written for Nick Jonas. But yeah, I could totally hear that. All right, so that is going to do it for our episode <clears throat> about. Stevie Wonder songs, and uh, I hope next episode we have more from the Fire Festival. Honestly, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the tragedy that is the Fire Festival. Um, so yeah, uh, well, Ben, can you tell the people where we can be found? Yes, first and foremost on by the time you hear this dot com, our dot website com. dot com. <laughs> you can find us there. Episodes are posted, um, embedded from Podomatic. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash by the time you hear this. Um, both are spelled with um, the word you. Um, if you like to get snazzy on fancy um, social media, which is what I call Instagram, fancy social media, you can find us on there at by the time you hear this, spelled with the letter U because we're upstanding. Yes. Yes. You can also um, email us, same spelling, by the time you hear this at gmail.com. We're on Podomatic, we're on um, Satchel Podcast, we're on TuneIn Radio, Google Play, iTunes, and CastBox. Um, many different platforms. Of course, you know, iTunes for the um, Apple users. CastBox um, is a really good one if you have Android. Um, you can find everything there. Um, yeah, find us, listen to us, recommend us to your friends. Um, 
and get involved, man. Like, start your own hashtag because five for your favorite Stevie Wonder songs. If you want to go back to your favorite Prince songs, um, what other, yeah, what other ones have we done here? Uh, uh, because five um, favorite nineties um, movie soundtracks, nineties movie soundtracks, yeah. uh, Academy Award winning songs, mm-hmm. uh, um, songs of last year. Yeah, you have your top five of this year. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> An artist from Atlanta. Yeah. If so. you can wait, you can get in on the next Because Five for next, this year's songs. <laughs> this year's not over yet. We're only five months in, so I think it'd be a little premature to make our lists. Yeah. All right. And, um, yeah, that's going to do it for this episode. Um, yeah, I think you've, you've said it all. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, we started off with not one of Stevie's best. Uh, but we can end it with well, whatever song that you would like. Higher ben. ground, High, higher ground, higher ground. All right, <laughs> uh, he knew what he wanted already. All oh, right, yeah. so higher ground by Stevie Wonder from the album Inner Visions, and let me add it to the list. So you can check out our playlist uh, because five songs by Stevie Wonder. We include the song that we started with, our honorable mentions, our top five, and what we end the show with. So we're going to, I'm going to make this public right now. Public. And uh, we're going to do it Higher Ground by Stevie Wonder. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Peace. Peace. Your people